What is up everybody? Welcome back. In this video, I want to share a question that came to me in a handwritten letter and a couple images this week. And I thought this was really cool. This comes to us from Derek. And he's got a question that he wrote to me and he says, Ted, currently watching your videos like usual. I wanted to write you and ask for your opinion. I want an honest answer. Question. I was watching Casey Neistat's commercial on the Oscars last week and took what he said to heart. At the end, he said, watch me. Everyone shoots professionally, usually with a DSLR. No problem, some of my best work comes from a DSLR. However, why can't my iPhone, what I always have, be taken serious if I was only using that? Hope to hear from you, Derek. Derek, this is an excellent question. And I think it's worth addressing because this has actually come up in photo assignments lately and I've had a lot of people who've left comments to the tune of, I really wanna participate in photo assignments, I don't have a camera yet, all I have is my cell phone. There are two answers I want to give you, a short answer and then a longer answer. And the short answer is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all what you shoot on. Good images are good images no matter how they are made. Now there is a longer answer to this that I think is worth explaining because I think the cell phone is very important to see in the greater context of the history of photography. So allow me to explain. First of all, a little history lesson. This is a 35 millimeter camera. This is my Nikon F3. That back there, that thing in the back, the big monster camera is a large format camera. It is an eight by 10. The negative that is produced with this camera is much smaller than the negative you're gonna get off of that. Now, when 35 millimeter became popular and this became the standard format that a lot of photographers shot with, a lot of the serious photographers in those days turned up their noses and said, well, it's inferior. That for technical reasons, the image that you're gonna be able to produce on that camera back there is of much more high quality and resolution than what you're going to get out of 35 millimeter and they are not wrong that is accurate when you blow up 35 millimeter you're going to have to enlarge it many more times than you're going to have to enlarge an 8x10 if you even have to enlarge an 8x10 at all and you are going to have grain and things like that that all the blemishes in the film that start to enlarge with the picture and so they're not wrong on that aspect, but what happened with 35 millimeter and the significance of these kinds of cameras is the portability. And when photographers start shooting 35 millimeter, all of a sudden you have this celebration of the snapshot or the candid image. And you're able to get the camera into situations and shoot things that you, first of all, if you could get the eight by 10 or a four by five, and it would take you forever to set it up. And so you're not going to get that off the cuff looseness to the images. And we have this generation of photographers who comes along, Henri Cartier-Bresson, W. Gene Smith, Robert Frank, that are able to capture those types of images in a very easy and natural way. And that changed photography forever. Now I said this was cyclic and it does come back around because now we have the iPhone or whatever cell phone you have. And I would go out on a limb and say that the iPhone, because it really was one of the first, is one of the most significant innovations in photography in the 20th century period. And it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the resolution of the camera, the fact that it fits in your pocket and you can take it with you. I mean, we had that with 35 millimeter camera, we had that flexibility, but the addition you have on cell phones now is the internet connection. And what you're gonna start seeing, actually we're seeing it now is not only the spontaneity, but the fact that you can publish it instantly also, and people can react to that. And you're gonna see things that go viral, like we see with videos sometimes. We've seen it with images even. And whether or not you want to admit it or deny it, that is where we are, and that's what's going on, and that's what the cell phone does over the DSLR. 
If you are still not convinced, let me put this into another perspective, and let's consider the way that we experience images today. Now, today it's very complex because we are bombarded with images. Most of us spend a good portion of our day either on a phone or on a computer screen, and we are up close, and we maybe we are seeing those fine details, and so it's hard to understand what you're seeing that's meaningful in that context. But let's say just for a second that you go into an art museum or a gallery or something like that, and you walk through the door, and on the opposite wall, 15, 20 feet away, there is a picture. What is it about a picture that's going to draw you in? And let's just say it's one photograph. It's probably not going to be the megapixel count. It's probably not going to be any kind of pixelation or artifacts that you're going to see or film grain or how it was enlarged or what paper it was printed on or what kind of frame it has around it. All that stuff is secondary. If, if even secondary, it's probably like way down the line. What draws you in is whether the photograph is interesting or not. And that's it. And so it really doesn't matter what it was taken on. I mean, you can step in closer and start to look at all those details, but they're probably not going to change your opinion as to whether or not the image spoke to you. And I think that's important. I think as photographers, it is our responsibility to use what we've got. If you ha all you have is your cell phone, learn how to use that to your advantage. If all you have is a DSLR and one kit lens, learn how to get the most out of that and make great pictures. If all you have is a Holger, an old film camera, use what you've got and learn how to get better and get the best images that you can. The medium should not matter. That has nothing to do with the photograph. Now, the sad thing is, is that is not how we think generally today. Now, most of us, if you think about some of the websites that you visit on the internet, how do you experience photography, some of the YouTube channels you watch, even mine, you're going to see a lot of camera ads and camera reviews and pushing the latest and greatest. And in all fairness, most of these companies located in Japan have spent billions and billions of dollars on research into digital photography and they are in business to sell you new cameras. About a week ago, I did a video on my old Nikon F4 and you have to remember that back in those days, especially with the flagship of the lineup, is that these are camera models that would last five, 10, maybe longer years without their replacements. And then when a replacement came out, it was a big deal. And now we look at that, it's completely different, especially with cheaper lower end models. We're apt to see replacement models every year, which is just crazy to me. And there's what comes with that is this mindset is that you have to upgrade. Yours is now old. It's the latest and the greatest. And we're stuck in this never ending cycle of upgrading our equipment, which let's be honest, it's all gonna end up in a landfill in a few years anyway. And we're not thinking about photography. Now, I will be the first to admit that I do camera reviews on here as well. And if somebody can explain to me why even a mediocre camera review will get way more views than something where I'm actually talking about photography, then maybe I'd understand what, why I wouldn't have to do them. That's what speaks to people. That's what draws people in. My hope is that if people discover this channel that way, and then we can have some real discussions about photography, then that's where the magic starts taking place. But what I'm saying here is that we live in a culture that is always pushing the material side. It is not pushing the depth, the thought, the intelligence behind something. It's just the way it is. And I'm not complaining, but I'm just stating that don't get caught up in that. Again, the camera doesn't matter. The camera doesn't take pictures. People take pictures. This is important. Being a great photographer is not something that you can buy. It has nothing to do with how many Instagram followers you have. It has nothing to do with having the latest lens. It does have nothing to do with having the latest camera body with the new backlit sensor or the latest film stock. It has nothing to do with any of those things. Those things are all fun, but they have nothing to do with producing really interesting work, with high quality results, with work that matters. 
The only thing that goes into that is a very specific relationship with you and whatever camera you have. It doesn't matter what it is. You should be able to create good images on a DSLR, on a mirrorless camera, on a compact, on a film camera, on a cell phone, on a potato. Maybe not the potato, but you get what I'm saying. That relationship of you and your camera making things is a lifelong pursuit. It is the willingness to experiment, the ability to accept failures and learn from them and get back up and move forward. It's the ability to take an entire lifetime and build that relationship with what you're able to create. And that is it. Now that is hard and it's important to remind ourselves of this because buying things is the easy thing, assuming you have the money to do it and it's fun to do, but it has nothing to do with producing anything of quality. That is all between you and the camera. And there's not much more I can say about that. That is important. I want to give you an example here that is one of my favorites. And I know she's a little bit controversial, but no matter what you think of Annie Leibowitz, I have a love-hate relationship with Annie's work, but I think when she is at her best, she is simply untouchable. There's a book that she put out a couple years ago called A Photographer's Life, which I loved. The book is made up of images that are largely behind the scenes of her personal life. Um, they're somewhat personal bios of how she's dealt with family loss and loss of loved ones. And there's one thing in particular that I think is a particular moment in this book that this letter made me think of. Susan Sontag was Annie Leibovitz's partner, and when she passed away in 2004, in December, uh, Annie was with her, and there are a lot of shots in the book that deal with that. And of course, she uses all kinds of mediums, whatever she's got. There's large format, there's medium format, there's 35 mil. The day after Susan Sontag passed away, there's a series of images that Leibovitz made using her cell phone. Now, this was in 2004, so the quality on a cell phone in 2004 was nothing compared to what you have today. And what she did she held it up and she did a series of little panoramic images just you know all in a sequence of the body and what she did was she strung these together made prints and cut them and taped them up together so it's a long somewhat panoramic portrait some people might at first glance think that's a little bit of a creepy thing to do i don't i think it is a wonderful expression of the memory of somebody who was very important. It was her partner in life. It was her loved one uh, who had passed away, but also it expresses the intelligence of the history of photography. And in the 19th century, when people would hire portrait photographers to come out and do post-mortem shots of their loved ones in an attempt to preserve them in a daguerreotype, and this was kind of a way of doing it in a modern age with a cell phone. So not only was it a nice tribute to the person she'd lost, but it was, I guess in some ways kind of this nod to the 19th century tradition of that too. I realize that people might interpret that very differently, but that was a really strong point of that book. Now the point that I want to make, no matter what you think of that gesture, is that she used what she had on her at that moment, and it was an old crappy cell phone. 2004 was probably a razor or something like that. It might as, might as well have been the potato. But she did something really magical and really beautiful with it, and that is my point. You have to use what you've got and use that as a starting point for doing your best work. A lot of what I'm saying is probably very obvious, but I think it's important to give ourselves reminders from this from time to time. And I'm serious, I have had comments in photo assignments of people that are excited about the project, but that will tell me things like, all I have is a cell phone to shoot on. The cell phone is of the moment. That's what people are using today. That is the magic. And so why not use a cell phone for something like photo assignments? We have a social component built in. You can share those images. You can try to build that up. That should be the camera you're using. Whatever you've got is what you need to be using. And I think that's the bottom line. I can't remember the exact quote. I should have looked it up before I started recording. Theodore Roosevelt once, I believe, said that, you know, you have to do 
you have to do what you do with what you've got now, learn how to build on it and get better, something to that effect. And that's really what photography is. It is a lifelong pursuit. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to feel down about it sometimes. It's easy to feel like there's too much competition, like everybody shoots. And it's really easy to feel that your own equipment is inadequate. And that is the wrong way of looking at it. Anyway, uh, Derek, thank you for your letter. This is awesome. I appreciate it. And I will link up to the Casey Neistat video if you guys haven't seen that at the end of this video. If you've enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it, and as always, subscribe to The Art of Photography so you'll always be up to date on all the latest and greatest things that we do here. Until the next one, I'll see you guys then. Later.